The Penguins are 1-2 and two since making the Derek Brassard trade. The Tampa Bay Lightning are 1-1 one and one since making the Ryan McDonough trade. But Tampa lost to crappy Buffalo last night. Both teams are going to battle expectations. And ultimately, I think, they're going to battle in the Easter Conference Finals. What the Penguins got to do now is just get ready for the playoffs. And yeah, home ice would be nice. And a good seed would be nice too. In theory, you could drop out of the playoffs. And obviously, you don't want that. I feel like the Penguins are pretty secure, but mathematically, they still could get caught. But barring total collapse, the Penguins just need to get ready. Give Chad Ruweedle a few games on deep. Decide between Zach Aston Reese and Connor Sherry when Aston Reese gets healthy. Decide who your number two goalie is. Help Broussard fit in. Experiment with line combinations. You got to work on your PK without Cole. In fact, one facet where the Penguins are lacking is shot blocking. Cole was a shot blocker. Benino was a shot blocker. You know how to conquer that? Manage the puck better. But just get ready. The Penguins are a very good hockey team. Don't lose sight of that. I don't know how you could, but it appears some of you are. This is the Mark Madden Show. I am the game because I am just that damn good. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call or... Follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. It's Pittsburgh at Boston tonight. Come watch the game with me at the Fire Pit in Irwin, just off the Irwin exit of the Pennsylvania Turnpike, or catch all the action right here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 X. Casey DeSmith looks like he's going to be in goal for a second straight start. Uh, That surprises me a bit. Uh, DeSmith let in what I would call a couple soft goals in the loss to New Jersey on Tuesday. Uh, the game winner, the bad angle deflection. I know it got tipped, but if DeSmith's on his post like he should be, the puck hits him and up. Palmieri's wrist shot from three-point range was through a screen and had a lot on it, but it was still a wrist shot from three-point range. DeSmith needs to stop that. Uh, I think the coaches just like DeSmith better than Jari. I don't know why, but I think they think DeSmith is a better goalie. How else to explain DeSmith getting a second straight start after getting called up from the minors? Uh, Boston is without Patrice Bergeron, and they got Rick Nash, which hurts them even more. I never got Nash, especially not in recent years. Nash's last good season was 2014-15. But Boston is a real good team. Tonight will be a big challenge for the Penguins. And the Bruins are kind of in the same position as Pittsburgh. They, too, are getting ready. Uh, That number again, 412-333. WXDX, that's the number to call. Uh, I posted a blog at SchultzFord.com. 
about Evgeny Malkin getting the NHL second star for February after getting the NHL's first star for January. Clearly, Gino is trending downward. Uh, 12 goals in January, 10 in February. And I don't think anybody could possibly be more valuable than Evgeny Malkin has been since the beginning of the year. Now, Dan Rosen of NHL.com does a quarterly poll of those at the league's official website for NHL MVP, the Hart Trophy. And right now, Tampa's Nikita Kucherov is the leader. Uh, That's no surprise. He's currently the league scoring leader, and he's had one heck of a season, and Tampa Bay has made the most of it. But uh, Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins, he's second in Dan's voting, and I don't see that. Patrice Bergeron has 22 less points than Evgeny Malkin. I know all about Bergeron's intangibles, like his defensive work and his leadership and his versatility and his face-off acumen. That doesn't add up to 22 points. Those intangibles do not make up for Malkin's tangibles. Uh, Gino is third in that poll behind Bergeron. I definitely just don't see Gino behind Bergeron. And Blake Wheeler from Winnipeg is tied with Gino. Uh, Blake Wheeler with three points less than Gino, but Winnipeg's having a heck of a season. How well your team does is part of being uh, most valuable, whether it should or shouldn't be. I I can't see anybody but Kucherov being ahead of Gino. And since the new year, Gino is the clear-cut MVP. Sticking with... uh, Who's predicting what? USA Today's hockey writers, Kevin Allen and Jimmy Haskup, answered the question, are the Lightning the team to beat for the Stanley Cup? Kevin Allen says yes, and adds with the addition of Ryan McDonough and JT Miller, the Lightning have no glaring weakness. He says that Andre Vasilevsky should win the Vezina Trophy as the NHL's top goalie. And the Lightning's 3.50 goals per game scoring average leads the league. Now they've added a shutdown defenseman with shot blocking ability. Uh, Kevin had me till there. They're overrating the acquisition of Ryan McDonough, especially as it affects Tampa's ability to beat the Penguins. Because McDonough and Girardi teamed up in New York, and the Penguins carved that pair up like a plate of Sunday pork dinner. Although we usually had roast beef, but you you get the drift. Jimmy Haskup of USA Today says the Lightning aren't the team to beat, but says the Nashville Predators are a team that was two wins away from the Stanley Cup last season and has approved, improved this year. Uh, Nashville is probably a little bit better, and uh, it wouldn't shock me if they did get back to the Stanley Cup final, only to lose again to the Penguins and disappoint all those people at the Country music bars by the arena, which makes Nashville such a great hockey town. Give me a break. Uh, By the way, David Poyle, I'll talk about this later. David Poyle, the Nashville general manager, just became the all-time winningest general manager in the NHL. More wins on his watch than any NHL general manager. He's never won a Stanley Cup. I think that makes him a failure. I think all those regular season wins highlight his ultimate failure as 
a general manager. Uh, they asked uh, Kevin and Jimmy who the most important trade deadline acquisitions were. Kevin Allen says Paul Statson at Winnipeg. I kind of agree with that. I, I think that really makes Winnipeg even more of a powerhouse. And Jimmy Haskup says Evander Kane from San Jose. That was a sleeper trade made by a sleeper team. I think San Jose did right to get Kane because they're a bit of a long shot, and Kane's a bit of a long shot with his reputation and attitude. So I don't know if that's the most significant trade, but it has the potential to be. You want to talk hockey, this is the place to do it. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Sam Werner wrote in the Post-Gazette today how the Penguins are giving up too many odd man rushes, which is definitely true. But you prevent that not by playing better defense, but by better puck management and by more effective pinching by the D or maybe less risky pinching by the D. The Penguins are so high octane that some teams just lay back, wait for mistake, and then attack on the counter. The Devils did some of that on Tuesday, and the Penguins made so many mistakes, the Devils got 38 shots. Now, had the Penguins still had Ian Cole, he would have blocked all of those. Uh, a lot of college basketball news, which we mostly won't talk about. But this is interesting. Sean Miller, the Arizona men's basketball coach, very successful by way of Blackhawk High School and Pitt, has decided to use the Eddie Murphy defense. One me. Despite allegations that he authorized a 100K payment to be given to a recruit, his voice allegedly on tape, Sean Miller today denied everything and will continue to coach at Arizona. In other words, it won me. And it looks like a lot of people believe him. That recording, I don't know, have they done a voice print? Do they know for sure it's Sean Miller? He said it won him. And he's a pretty successful coach. And it looks like he might survive this. And you know what? I hope he does because they all do it. You do it. I do it. And I can't wait to do it again. Wait, that's the Mel Brooks routine from History of the World. I got carried away. Wasn't me. Quote from Sean Miller. You got to like the direct rod here. It's Route 1 football for you soccer fans. It is completely false. That's the statement. No beating around the bush. It is completely false. Got a great show today. Pierre Lebrun, what a pleasure to have him on. The senior NHL columnist for TheAthletic.com. You also see him on TSN and RDS, the two Canadian hockey networks. We'll talk to him at 3.30. And then Josh Joey joins me at 4.30. Uh, just around the corner, we're going to talk. I have a theory about athletes, hockey players in particular. Sometimes it takes a while for somebody to suck. Might not suck right away, but eventually he does. And unfortunately, that description applies to a Pittsburgh Penguin. We'll also talk to some things Andrew McCutcheon said to a Pittsburgh reporter 
that everybody's making a big deal out of, but is really no big deal at all. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? A lot of gibberish, a lot of booze, a lot of public urination. The X at 105.9. I talked about the Isley skyscraper cone yesterday. Looks like I'm not only going to get a scoop, I'm going to get some Isley's ice cream, too. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Staying with hockey, sometimes it takes somebody a while to suck. They don't suck at first, but you can see that's the path they're going to take. Maybe that's always been the case with Connor Sherry. He came to the Penguins with a lot of energy a couple years back. And he scored 23 goals last year, his first full campaign in the National Hockey League. But Sherry's 5'8 and plays very light. And perhaps that was always going to catch up because it has caught up this year. He's only got 12 goals this year and just four in his last 41 games. And if he's not getting points, Sherry does not help. Him and Sid did all those give and goes, but now... The other team just gets in Sherry's way, and that's easy to do because he's so light. Watch Sherry play. He can do the give, but he never gets to the go. He gets rubbed out. Sherry's got two more years to go on a deal that pays him $3 million per year, so he's kind of hard to move. The Penguins offered him around at this year's deadline, but no takers. Zach Aston Reese is hurt. So with Zach Aston Reese hurt, Connor Sherry is playing for his job. No question. And I'm not sure if he's a great fit on a line with Broussard and Kessel. He's better with Sid, but uh, Sid's got better. Sherry had better make do or once Zach Aston Reese is back, Connor Sherry is going to be sitting with me in the press box. 412-333-9939, the number to call. You can also follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Can't believe I'm going to get a skyscraper cone scoop from Isley's official. I'll fill you in on the details uh, a little bit. I'll do it now. That's more important than this dumb sports stuff. Uh, The people who own Isley's now heard the show. They're bringing me a skyscraper scoop tomorrow and ice cream. And they're going to teach me how to do a proper skyscraper cone. I told them I'd let them film it if I can do it. If I can't do it, I'll insist all copies of the video be destroyed. And uh, I'll pose for a picture with the skyscraper cone that somebody else makes if it has to be that way. As long as I get to eat it. That's what I care most about. Let's go to John in Sacramento, California. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Uh, big Pittsburgh love here in Sacramento, man. Great. Uh, I got a question about Chris Letang. I feel he's uh, a different Letang than we've seen in the past. I feel like he's been kind of underproducing lately. What's your take? Uh, I don't know what you mean by underproducing. Uh, goals are always kind of a lock of the draw type thing with defensemen. The puck either gets through a lot of traffic, goes in, or it doesn't. Tanger has 33 assists in 61 games, 
And at last look, that ranked him among the top 10 in defensemen in the league. Would you like right. a few more? Yeah. Would you like him to rank a little higher? Yeah, but that's still not terrible. And while I don't believe that plus-minus is the be-all, end-all, at one point Chris Letang was minus 17 or 18. I forget. And now he's only minus 6. So to some degree he's picked up his game. Whether he's picked up his game enough, whether he's gotten his play to the level they'll need it to uh, a month or so from now, I don't know. But he's got time. Still a quarter of the season and uh, Chris Letang's a big game player. You may recall he scored the Stanley Cup winning goal back in 2016. Uh, I'm really not worried about Chris Letang. I know some people right. are, John, but but I'm not. All right, Dublin. Thank you for the call. Let's go to JD in the car. JD, you're on the Mark Madden show. Mark, big fan, big fan. Uh, Penguins goaltender situation. You made you made a comment that seems like the coaching staff kind of likes Casey DeSmith a little better than Jari. Let's assume for a minute that Matt Murray's going to be out for an extended time. Okay, uh, I, I think that's an erroneous assumption, but if, if okay. you want to play fantasy, go ahead. Is now the time to maybe bring up Michael Layton? No. Proven goal no, it's, it's never the time. Bro, bro, you know what he's proven? He's proven that he stinks. That's what Michael Layton's proven. He's proven that he stinks. Anything else? No, that's all. I got a question. Why does it always have to be a veteran? I just think he. You know, imagine, he imagine if, imagine or... if I, I'm interrupting you because I don't think you have any clue what you're talking about. Imagine if when Mark Andre Fleury got hurt in 2016, they had gone to a veteran. How would that have worked out? Probably not as good as it did with Matt Murray in there. That couldn't have worked out any better. Jamoke. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Up next, uh, one of North America's finest hockey writers. You can read him at theathletic.com. It's Pierre Lebrun. Pierre Lebrun next on 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. My guest right now is at the very pinnacle of hockey media in North America. You can read him at theathletic.com. A pleasure to welcome Pierre Lebrun. Uh, Pierre, the Penguins visit Boston tonight, so let's start with the Bruins. How much do Nash and Gianna help Boston? Well, Rick Nash had an immediate impact. He's looked really good, and I really like that addition. I know there's a lot of Rick Nash bashers out there. People point to his playoff record. I guess I'm biased. I've covered him in, in a lot of Olympics internationally, and he raises his game under big-time pressure, and uh, I, I thought that was a great addition by the Bruins. I think Gianta's more of a, a secondary move. I mean, he, he's missed the entire year, and obviously Team USA's captain the Olympics, but... I think that's more of a depth move, a guy that has a tremendous character, more experience for the young players on that Bruins team. But let's face it, it's not like they didn't have a lot of leadership already with uh, Zidane Ochera and Patrice Bergeron there. But I'm just happy for Brian Gianta, Brian Gianta the person, that he's back in uh, after not uh, getting signed last summer and uh, gets a chance at trying to win the title here with the Bruins this year. What do you hear about Patrice Bergeron's fractured foot? Because, boy... Boston can't afford to be without him for too long. Yeah, the Bruins are saying, you know, out indefinitely. I don't know that they think it's that serious, but that is huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, you know, he's the straw that stirs the drink on that team for sure. And so many things derive from what he represents, uh, both his, his offensive game, but obviously 
Um, we're talking about Mr. Selkie Trophy here year year in and year out. I mean, he does it all. Uh, you can't beat him in a face-off. He's on one of the league's top lines. He just does it all. So they need him healthy, obviously, for the playoffs. Um, that That is one guy that there's probably about seven or eight players in the league that I consider completely uh, irreplaceable, and he's one of them. Let's go right to the burning question, Pierre. Who's better, Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay, and which team helped itself most going into the deadline? Oh, my goodness. I, I picked Tampa in September. So uh, before the puck was dropped for this year, I picked Tampa to win the Cup, despite the fact they missed the playoffs last year. I wasn't alone. They were a popular pick. I think a lot of people realize that the injuries crippled them last year. But i got to tell you, the way the Penguins have looked here over the last month, I feel like a three-peat is absolutely possible. Uh, to me, it's a flip of a coin between those two teams. Uh, odds are, I think, those are the two teams that end up in the Eastern Conference Final. Obviously, depends on what Boston or Toronto have to say uh, in that. And, and obviously what uh, Washington or Philadelphia have to say in that on Pittsburgh's side. But I will tell you this. I'm sure you guys have spent a lot of time this year talking about how the Metro is so much better than the Atlantic, and I think it, that's still the case when you consider that we'll probably have five teams make the playoffs from the Metro and only three from the Atlantic. However, you can make the argument that in terms of quality, the top three in the Atlantic, based on points, would actually be above anyone in the, in the Metro. It might be a tougher route for Tampa to get to the conference final, arguably, than it will be for Pittsburgh. I'll leave that for you guys to debate, but it's interesting how that's played out. No, I think you're right. I think past the first round, it will be a tougher path for Tampa Bay to navigate, and who knows who will cross over as a wild card to play Tampa in the first round. I want to ask you about the Ryan McDonough get for Tampa. Very good defenseman, but Pittsburgh has always torched that pair in the past. McDonough and Girardi, when they were with the Rangers, I know it's a different situation in Tampa, but still. Well, I will tell you this. The beauty for Tampa now is Ryan McDonough you know, won't be on the first pairing. That's I mean, right. When he's, when he's healthy, he will get secondary matchups. Now, if you're talking about a Pittsburgh-Tampa conference final, if you're looking way past potential upsets and everything else, let's say they are the Eastern final. When it comes to Pittsburgh, of course, unlike most other NHL teams, you know what is the first matchup or the second matchup? Pick your poison, as always, between uh, 87 and 71. Having said that, um, I think it's a great spot for McDonough to maximize where he is as a player at this stage of his career because Victor Hedman is the lead dog in Tampa. He will still get all the minutes and the tougher matchups and play the most, and McDonough gets a slide in right behind him as the number two left-handed defenseman, and I think that's going to be a terrific fit. Listen, I mean, Tampa tried on Eric Carlson, okay? Um, they, they tried on Eric Carlson, couldn't find a fit. That would have obviously been the absolutely stunning slash uh, superstar addition to a loaded Tampa team that already scores at will. Um, but in a weird way, even though Ryan McDonough is not nearly in the same class of an Eric Carlson for many reasons, he is a, a better shutdown defender. And it's actually, if you look at Tampa when they struggle, it's that they break down defensively. So you can argue that even though he's not the player that Eric Carlson is, he actually may be a better fit for what they actually needed. We're talking to Pierre Lebrun from TheAthletic.com. Pierre's appearance brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, last year and the year before, Pierre, Pittsburgh uh, utilized speed to be the best team in hockey. Have a few teams caught up to them in that department, like 
maybe New Jersey. I was amazed by how quick the Devils were when they won Tuesday night here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Copycat league, and people saw the Penguins won cups the last couple of years, that's for sure. Um, there's a couple of teams a lot of Philadelphia, and I know you, your, your listeners will hate hearing this, but the Flyers <laughs> can the Flyers can whiz. Uh, there's no Braun. There's not a whole lot of Braun left on the Flyer. We all grew up with the Broad Street Bullies, you know that, and uh, and and our we're always going to think of the Flyers in one way, but the reality is that team is absolutely flying. Um, all of their youngsters, you know, think of Travis connecting what he does, and and Claude Giroux having the Renaissance season, the veteran. Voracek as well, um, they're flying for sure. The Leafs, uh, where I'm based, the Toronto Maple Leafs, an unbelievably quick team when they're healthy. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, good luck stopping those guys. You're right about the Devils. Uh, they may be the quickest team in the entire conference. It's how they're built. Out West, a team that I've seen a couple times this year that I cannot believe, and a team that came in here in Toronto and put the Leafs on their back heel, which I haven't seen a lot this year in terms of speed, Colorado. Man, are they fast. Now, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs this year, but watch out with them moving forward here. They are lightning fast, and you know I talked to Joe Sackick, the GM, a couple times this year. That was the idea in trying to rebound from where they were last year, dead last in the league, was to go all youth, all speed. And, boy, are they on their way in Colorado. What will Derek Broussard contribute to Pittsburgh? Because uh, he's on a line with Kessel, but still it is. I hate to call it a third line, but, but he really is their third center. He is. Uh, I'm not sure that he would be almost anywhere else in the world, but <laughs> in Pittsburgh he is a wonderful addition. Uh, boy, that break the hearts of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they were in on him hard with Pittsburgh, and and Jim Rutherford, as he is wont, found a way with the Vegas retaining 40%. Only Jim Rutherford could swing that. But, uh, you know, Derek Broussard in particular, he doesn't wow you all the time during the regular season, but he's a playoff guy. He loves the big game and the big stage, and I think you guys will see that uh, in these playoffs from him. And as a third center, it's third center, it's such a luxury. I mean, I mean that's just ridiculous. And and again, I mean, you know, I really think you need to be a top nine team to win a cup, as the Penguins were the last couple of years. And and you know they had different guys doing it. Nick Bonino was a key part of that. Uh, but now I think Derek Broussard plays that role, and uh, I think that was an outstanding pickup. Matt Murray's won a couple cups here in Pittsburgh, currently injured, but uh, that shouldn't be long-term. And, Pierre, there aren't many teams I would give an edge to when it comes to goaltending, given Murray's accomplishments. But, boy, that Vasilevsky kid in Tampa is something else, isn't he? He is unbelievable. And it's funny because... I, I think he's the Vezina guy. I really do. He he will win the Vezina. That, that's hands down uh, a fact. And, you know, a couple of years ago when the rumors first surfaced that Ben Bishop was being shopped, People were kind of shocked, if you remember. Like, he had just had a run to the final and then the conference final, and then a trade to the Calgary Flames in the summer of uh, 20, I guess it was 2016. I'm getting all jumbled up here. Anyway, people were like, well, why is Steve Eisman trying to trade Ben Bishop? Ben Bishop, who still is a very good goalie, he's in Dallas now, and he's helped their season um, become a playoff, a potential playoff season in Dallas. I'll tell you why, because Steve Eisenman already knew what he had in, in, in Vasilevsky. And I remember talking to a scout one day a couple of years ago when I had only seen Vasilevsky play a, a, a couple of times, and he said, meet the Russian Carey Price. I was like, really? He said, yeah. And that's what Tampa has. And, um, you know, there are many nights where they don't play as well defensively as they should, and he bails them out. 
um, he, he will absolutely be a difference maker in these playoffs. Now, we've talked quite a bit about Pittsburgh and Tampa, but what other team in the Eastern Conference would be most likely to get through to the final? If you had to pick one, Pierre, who would it be? I think outside of those two, my number three pick in the East would probably be Boston. Um, I think that um, they have a really balanced team. Now, again, a lot of that hinges on Bergeron, but I think he'll be back. Um, they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, they're giving the Leafs a hard time, which is important because they may end up playing them in the first round. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think after those two, and I really do think Pittsburgh and Tampa stand at the top, but if I had a third seed, it'd be Boston. How about out west? Who's going to come out of the west? Because, boy, i, I got to tell you, that to me is a crapshoot. You throw Vegas in its improbable situation on top of teams like uh, Nashville and Winnipeg. Again, it's up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, I think one of Nashville, Winnipeg, or Vegas will end up in the Stanley Cup final. One of those three teams. And if I had to pick one, I would pick the Nashville Predators going right back where they were last year. Uh, love the moves that David Poyle has made. In fact, I just wrote a huge story on him on The Athletic today. You can check it out. But uh, he, if, if the Predators win the night, he becomes the NHL's all-time winningest GM. Most wins in regular season history <laughs> in his career. But... Um, and I love the moves that he's made. You know, picked up Kyle Turris in November, signed Nick Bonino last summer, uh, traded for Ryan Hartman on Monday from the Hawks, a young player with a lot of edge. Obviously, we know about their top four in defense. That's the that's the engine of that team. But uh, I think the Predators, once again, are knocking on the door. Pekka Rinne, we talk, just talked about the Vesna race. I think Vasilevsky's going to win it, but Pekka Rinne is going to be nominated. He'll be one of the three candidates. Um, you know, Vegas is such a wild card in all this. You know, the, the, the bubble burst. I don't think it's going to burst, but I, I do think that come playoff time, they've played every game since day one like it was a playoff game because they had so much to prove. That edge you kind of lose come playoff time because now everyone's playing that way. Still, though, I think they're for real the way they play. Um, and I love the Jets. The Winnipeg Jets have so much offense. Um, I worry in goal that Connor Hellebuck has had an amazing year. A breakout season, but there's not uh, there's not a lot of resume there. So I wonder how that's going to play out. I'll give you one more team in the West that if they get in, they're not even sure to be in. But if they get in, watch out. They could be uh, the wounded animal that creates havoc uh, as an eight seed. It's the Anaheim Ducks. If those guys get in, they are built for the playoffs. They are a heavy team with a lot of skill. They were missing nine regulars in the first half of the year and just tried to keep their head above water, and now they're healthy. John Gibson, Pittsburgh native, in goal is having an outstanding year. Watch out for the Ducks if they get in. And I can tell you one thing, that's the team. That's a team that Vegas does not want to play in the first round. What team has been the biggest disappointment this year? Uh, there's a lot of lack of success stories, aren't there? Yeah, I'd have to start with Connor McDavid and Edmonton Oilers, not because of Connor McDavid. He's, he's been outstanding. Yeah, he's been fine. It's the rest of them, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a team that sh- you know really should have been in the playoff mix. I didn't have them rated as high as a lot of other people. A lot of people had them in the Cup final before the year started. I thought that was a stretch, but I do think they should have been a playoff team. So that that to me is the biggest disappointment. Um, and, and I would say Montreal is probably next. I mean, again, I don't think the Canadians were among the elite teams coming into this year. But I think when you got a healthy Carey Price and a healthy Shea Weber and the addition of Jonathan Drew, and I had them at least as a wild card team, and they're clearly not going to be that. So they'd probably be the bigger disappointment in the East for me. 
And finally, Pierre, uh, who's the MVP? I guess it has to be Kucherov, but boy, since January 1st, look at Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, and Malkin, and the case against Malkin is like the case against Kucherov, is that the case against Kucherov is that, well, what about Vasilevsky or Hedman or Stamkos? And the case against Malkin, you, you guys have heard this forever, is what about Sydney and what about Phil? The thing about the Hart Trophy is that if we just awarded it to the most outstanding player of the season, it would be a simpler equation. But because it's awarded to the most valuable player to his team, and if you and if you really take that meaning to heart when you vote, and I'm one of the voters, you're you're supposed to have that discussion with yourself. And so let me tell you this: if Colorado sneaks into the playoffs, how does Nathan McKinnon not win the heart? Good point. I think if you go by valuable. Just that one word, most well, two words, most valuable. It's really tough to argue against McKinnon, isn't it? As a guy who's, I don't want to call him a one-man team, but he but might mean more than team. any one man. Yeah, and and we've seen in the past that even when Malkin or Crosby go down, you know, the other guy picks up the team, and and uh, you know, Kucherov, uh, he actually did miss their night and they lost, but you know, they've got other weapons in Tampa, so it's an interesting thing. Taylor Hall's garnering a lot of support right now as well um it's a pretty wide open heart year i gotta tell you i have no problem if kucherov or malkin end up winning it because they're they like they're having outstanding years but again i you get sort of hung up on the meaning of the award the actual definition and i tell you if colorado does make the playoffs and mckinnon ends up top 10 in scoring after missing two two and a half weeks whew, i think he's going to have a lot of support Pierre, as always, great stuff, great work. Thank you for taking the time, and we'll see you down the road, I'm sure. All right. Anytime, man. That's Pierre LeBron. Check out his work at theathletic.com. Uh, great story running today about David Poyle, the Nashville general manager, about to become the all-time winningest GM in NHL history, but still needs a Stanley Cup to complete his resume. I'm Mark Madden. The ESPN, and don't forget, ESPN is the entity which reported Sean Miller was paying recruits 100 k to come to Arizona. Sean Miller fired back even more than we were first told, and uh, really now the ball's in ESPN's court. One thing's very clear here. Either Sean Miller is lying or ESPN got it badly wrong, and there is no middle ground. 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Big Sexy. Hey, Mark. Love the show, man. You can have the iron sheet to humble one person. Who would it be? Sally Wiggins, again. VX at 105.9. I got a bunch of tweets as soon as I wrapped up talking to Pierre Lebrun of TheAthletic.com because we left Ottawa off our list of disappointing teams. Ottawa was just a goal in overtime, double overtime, in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final away from making the Stanley Cup Final, and now they're out of the playoffs. But uh, there were so many glaring disappointments in the NHL this season. I guess they just got lost in the shuffle when Pierre and I were talking about it. Uh, No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Uh, the ESPN Sean Miller thing is heating up. 
Sean Miller says that no such conversation took place regarding paying DeAndre Ayton 100K. He called ESPN Story without naming ESPN, quote, inaccurate, false, and defamatory, unquote. Like I said before the break, either ESPN effed up its story or Sean Miller's lying. And I would believe Sean Miller before I'd believe ESPN because ESPN is just a wreck. They got rid of a lot of their good people and hired a lot of bad people. Maybe they got burned by a source. I I think Miller's going to navigate his way through this at any rate. My blog today on the X website has a photo of Andre the Giant hoisting Bobby Orr in the air. And it also has the trailer for the Andre the Giant documentary that's coming out on HBO in April. Uh, Andre was a unique individual who lived a famous yet very uncomfortable life. Uh, Bill Simmons is in charge of the documentary, but it still might be pretty good. Check out the trailer on the Mark Madden page yet wxdx.com Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones said in an interview that Mick Jagger should get a vasectomy because he had a kid last year at age 73 and like Keith said those poor kids Uh, Mick is now 74 Keith apologized but geez can you imagine having a dad that's like 78 or 79 when you're first cognizant He's your dad. And by the time it's time to play Little League, he's dead. Except Mick Jagger will never die. And his money will last forever as well as his sperm. Because that's eight kids for Mick. And I bet he's not done yet. Uh, Speaking of sperm, Robert Kraft is the Patriots owner. And his girlfriend is half his age. And she just had a baby. But the baby isn't his. I bet that shakes up the will, and I bet that baby is Gronk's. Uh, some terrible news, just awful. Jim Kelly's cancer has returned. The former Buffalo Bills quarterback out of East Brady, PA. Uh, that's a terrible thing to wage that long battle and appear to win, and now you've got to fight it all over again. Uh, wow. Uh, best of luck to Jim Kelly and uh, sympathies to his family. Andrew McCutcheon said some things about the Pirates. Everybody's going nuts about them, and I can't for the life of me figure out why. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.